We are live. We're back once again. We're back once again. Welcome to the uh, Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I'm here as always with Michael Marshman, um, author and uh, brilliant writer of the comic book Homoko King, which I am currently illustrating. Um, so since last time... Um, I think brilliant is a bit of a strong word. No. No. <laughs> All right, maybe it's you know <laughs> it's got to be proven yet, but at this point it's looking pretty good. So um, I don't know. Maybe first things first. I should probably start by saying I've started page one again because I've again was unhappy with it, but I'm pretty happy with how things are traveling at the moment. I don't know if you can see that right now. Um, pretty much half of the course for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one day I'll get off page one, and then we'll be <laughs> we'll be getting somewhere. Um, <laughs> um, I decided I've been doing a lot of looking a lot into, and this is here we go. We should acknowledge we didn't realize this at the start because we took uh, the stream from two weeks ago, and I thought, well, why the fuck don't we just dump out the audio and make it into a podcast? That's something killing two birds with one stone. It's more content, you know, putting putting ourselves out there a little bit more. Um, but what it means is this is a very visual live stream. So we've got to acknowledge the audio listeners. So if anyone's listening on iTunes or whatever, welcome. Um, and I'll do my best to explain what I'm doing as I'm going so that it doesn't seem like I'm just quietly scratching away at nothing. Um, so first let's, let's, um, talk. Well, I mean, okay, let's first things first, let's talk about the name. Um, we've decided to call the podcast, uh, pretty sketchy podcast because it is. And, uh, and I like the play on words of it being, you know, about sketching and, you know, pre- making pretty sketches. Um, I-, I thought it was because you were pretty. Oh, thank you, man. You too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it just, I don't know, it just came to me. So I thought, you know, let's, and literally I was like, I'm going to, if I don't do this tonight and get it all edited and up live on iTunes, I'm not going to do it because I'd never done it before and I knew that it was going to be complicated. Um, and so I go, okay, well, I'll go with that name it's pretty cool and and away we went so i made a logo and and did everything and so now we're the pretty sketchy podcast and welcome this is our second one um okay so let's get back to the art basically what I, what i've um been looking at a lot lately and and as i mentioned in the last podcast my, my biggest issue as an artist is um i've always been about the hero in the in the picture like you know the the, the main um subject of the of the artwork um and very no, foreground. Yeah, very, very foreground oriented. And I've been looking a lot into, you know, putting those characters into an environment because in, in a comic book, that's the, that's the most important part, really, because you've got to establish where they are, what they're doing. Um, visual storytelling, so to speak. So um, I've been looking a lot into things that I never really paid much attention to outside of just instinct, like knowing how things look. But um, realizing that most of the artists I admire are, are brilliant at, um, things like using vanishing points and perspective and stuff like that to really, um, uh, you know, make things look realistic and, and, and to give them like a real sort of sense of volume and space. Um, and so instead of, I've changed the design a little bit. So instead of having Nisa standing on a girder with the camera behind her looking out at a cityscape, I thought, well, it would be more interesting to really show, um, you know, her position by moving the camera around and looking down, you know, to give that sense of height and scale and, and illustrate that she's standing on a girder, you know, 20 stories above the ground and, and it's not an issue for her. And I, I think that speaks more than, um, it, it says more than just having her like 
standing holding onto a, a cable or something like that. And so I came up with this idea of having like um, using a vanishing point to establish the height of the buildings and stuff like that. And I tried a few different things. I had it slightly angled at one point um, and it just became really complex. And uh, I had a lot of issues with the buildings themselves sort of flaring out into kind of like almost like a fisheye sort of effect when you follow the vanishing point to its extremes, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I came up with this single top down sort of image and uh, you may, I don't know how well you can see it in the stream. It's kind of dark, but um, you know, you've got a road down here um, and she's obviously there's a, the girder sticking out from the building. She's going to be seated um, in this area, basically just contemplating, you know, um, and you can see the buildings on the other side of the street. Now I'm going to distress these buildings at the moment. I've just used like the vanishing points as a tool to sort of, um, you know, establish the bulk space of the buildings. But now I've got to go in there. And, I, and that's actually something I was going to talk to you about visually. Um, how we're talking about a dilapidated city. What sort of level of decay are we talking? Are we talking about collapsed buildings? Are we talking about, you know, like the nature claiming the buildings back at that stage? Or are we sort of thinking more along the lines of, I guess, like, um, uh, what's like, I don't know if you saw the movie um, I Am Legend. It's sort oh, of, yeah. it wasn't, the, the city was being reclaimed by nature, but it wasn't to the point where it was bare bones structures. It was still buildings and things like that. So that's something I was going to sort of ask you about. What, what, where are we as far as um, the, the decay of the city? Uh, I'd say it's relatively recent, but it's pretty heavily damaged. Right, okay. So, like, the... the the event that triggered this whole thing was very impactful, but it, cause you know, you got like Nissa who's in her mid early twenties. Mm -hmm. When you saw her talking with her grandfather, she's around 13, 14 years old. Yep. So that's like a 10 year gap. Yeah. So actually, so and whatever happened, happened in, in that 10 year gap. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how well you can see that. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, essentially, I mean, I've got skyscrapers, in the shot um and so now i guess the point is to try and then take them back to the point where you can see that the environment is crippled you know um so that's that's, yeah. that's what i'll be working on with this I'd say a lot, i wouldn't even say nature's taking it back because even nature took a heavy hit okay like outside of the skid uh, skiddy fucking outside of the city it's just like a, a wasteland it's, mm. it's pretty dead it's friggin mad max style sort of death Okay, yeah. So, so we're not talking about like vines creeping out of buildings, you know, or anything like that at this stage. More just sort of like rubble and destruction. Yeah, fire and brimstone. So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'll work on that. What do you What do you got for us, man? You got any ideas about what do you want to talk about today? We got the the world's listening, bro. <laughs> the world, all three people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, not a hell of a lot. I mean, I was, um, I watched Warcraft for the second time the other day. Oh, okay. I have not seen it. As somebody who has not seen it, give it, give me a, give me a rundown. Like convince me I need to watch that movie. Okay. Bearing in mind, I've never played Warcraft yeah, uh, yeah. or anything uh. like that. So. <laughs> that was actually one of its faults. Like it's not exactly friendly to people who know nothing about the, the lore mm -hmm. and the, the story of Warcraft, but, um, if, if you're someone that really enjoys eye candy, like mm -hmm. visually, the movie is 
phenomenal. Well, like see, that- see, now this is the thing. I remember watching the trailers early on and thinking to myself, I don't, I don't think they've quite pulled it off. Like to me, it's always like the, the digital characters had this little bit of like as well animated as they are. It is twenty sixteen. They, they they didn't have there was a, there was still that uncanny valley there. You know. Um, yeah. Now I might be misinterpreting that. Maybe they polished up a little bit before release or something. I don't know. I saw pretty early trailers. Um, so that's not the case? No. no. Right on. Um, that's probably some of the best CG I've seen, at least in the last couple of years. Yeah, right. The only thing to top it would be... Um, I can never remember which order these came out in. The, the, late, the latest Planet of the Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that, that was... I, you know, I watched that again recently and I was like, holy shit, they really got that right, didn't they? Um, yeah, and then, yeah. then you see friggin' Legend of Tarzan and you're like, how the hell did they fuck that up? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, th- this is the thing. Like, um, the, the, the inherent problem with these movies and, and uh, uh, anytime they do CGI characters, the reason they're doing a CGI character is because that, that whatever they're doing doesn't exist in real life. Yeah. Um, and that's, to me, that's the biggest hurdle um, with realism with those things is... Um, You've got characters that don't exist. We know in the back of our minds they don't exist, so they're just going to look unnatural. That's that's the problem they've always had to me um, with the Hulks, particularly the old the Ang Lee movies uh, or movie or whatever um, yeah. back in the day. Um, and uh, before that, it was uh, the what was the the one before was that TV show? No, 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 <laughs> that was awful. No, the um, what's that other guy? Uh, Eric Banner one. Um, that was the Ang Lee one. Yeah, yeah. And then there was Ed Norton, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. both of them, I think the biggest problem they faced was one, they're struggling with like CG for uh, like feature characters in a movie was kind of um, much more of a bigger deal back then. But giant muscular dudes with green skin don't look natural. No matter how well you animate them and how well you create the graphics, they just don't look like uh, something that occurs in nature. It looks like a giant weird CGI frog guy, you know? Um <laughs> And and <laughs> that's that's when when I can actually tell if they're green or not. You know me, I'm colorblind. Yeah. Um, um, but that that's part of the problem, and it's the same with I guess the what is it the orcs or whatever in uh, the Warcraft movie. Yeah. Are, are they green? Uh, some are, some aren't. There's yeah. like law reasons why some are and some aren't. Right. Okay. So again, a giant green dude. It just doesn't to like even to me who can barely tell a difference. Like maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe to me, it looks like a bad skin color because I can't really tell the difference between the green and the flesh tone if in, in darker skin tones like that. Um, like a uh, what was it? Uh, Gamora had no idea she was green. You know, because um, <laughs> she's yeah. she's normally pretty, to... pretty defining feature of uh, of Gamora. As yeah, well. that's right. And she, I mean, you know, she's she has a remarkable. Uh, what would you say, mocha-colored skin, typically? Like, yeah. and and here she is. And like to me, I just thought, oh, so they're going to be heavy with the makeup, you know? Because I just I don't know the difference. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's that's my crust to bear. Um, yeah, so go on. So as um, as far as the movie, what uh, does the movie begin with the with the law, like 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 the start of the law of the thing, or does it pick up from a certain point in World of Warcraft's history? Um, yeah pretty much starts from the beginning okay um, yeah from what i can tell anyway mm. um but it, it still doesn't it sort of <clears throat> it gives you a quick rundown of like uh the orcs world's dying they need to go to a new one mm-hmm. that's pretty much all the setup that they give you like for someone that 
doesn't know Warcraft at all, that's uh, nowhere near enough. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so, what? Okay, so uh, when you say uh, their world, is it pan-dimensional? Like they, they come through a portal or something like that? Or how does it yeah, work? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They basically come from a different dimension, I guess. Right, okay. Yeah. And uh, into the world of man. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> man and many other things. Man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, so have you had you, had you done much World of Warcraft uh, playing? At, at I don't ever remember. You, uh, I mean, I'm certain I've heard you talk about it, but I don't know if I've heard about you talk about playing it that much. I've never touched World of Warcraft. Oh, really? Okay. It's cool. So you're coming at it from the same perspective as me. You're like, you know, I don't really get it. Not necessarily. I did play mm. the RCSs. The oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Two and three. Yeah right. Okay, so World of Warcraft, no, but you know the you understand like the lore is the same throughout the history of the games, right? Like canon. Yeah, well, like the the movie is based on like even before that. So okay, if if they if the movie is proven a success and they make sequels, it will eventually pass into you know what Warcraft two, Warcraft three story. Right. Okay. Blah, blah. I mean that that's a lot of movies though if they, if they do it right that's yeah. a lot of movies but <laughs> so. you know what if there's one thing I know about Blizzard they got the cash <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true <laughs> they can probably afford to lose a billion or so dollars you know what I mean <laughs> they're, they're of their uh, what is it their, like weekly revenue <laughs> yeah um, okay cool so, uh, I'm trying to think yeah. so Travis Fimmel's in that isn't he uh, yeah yeah, Who? Travis Fimmel, guy from Vikings. I've never watched Vikings. Okay, then yeah. Hmm. All right, <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should watch Vikings. Fucking shut that down, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Good show, man. What about um uh, other big news this week? Is uh, Luke Cage um, just went live on Netflix, and it's all anyone's talking about. Did, did you watch any of the other? You watched Daredevil, obviously. Did you watch? I, um, Daredevil. I haven't gotten around to watching Jessica Jones yet. You should totally that. watch Jessica Jones, man. Absolutely. Amazing. As as far as like, it, it's it's one of those ones we sort of got to because like, oh, maybe we should watch this other show because you know Daredevil, and then they're going to bring out the other ones, and eventually it's going to be this and that. And I convinced Nat to watch it, and um, and I. Uh, I, at, at first, I'm like, okay, because we tried to watch it earlier um, on when it first came out because I'd heard good things and stuff. And we got about halfway through an episode and I'm like, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not following who it is or what's going on so much. So I, I turned it off. Um, really didn't give it enough of a chance because we went back to watch it this time begrudgingly because we'd been through all the Belanti shows, we watched all of those and we were sort of stuck for something to watch. And for some reason, we seem to be into the whole superhero vibe at the moment. Um, and uh, I said, look, let's just give this one another run. We'll watch an episode. Hey, you there? Yep. Whoa, lost the internet for a second there. Um, let me just check the stream still going. I think it's back. It's back. We're back. Sorry about that, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. You know what? Got the world's best internet now. And for whatever reason, um, the laptop... I, get dropouts. The, no, the laptop I used to run this thing, it just keeps dropping the router. And then it oh, just okay. connects to some indiscriminate other random internet portal, which is strange because I've all of the networks in my area I've changed it to do not automatically connect and yet there it goes <laughs> so, alright cool so that's all good we're back don't panic everyone um, where were we I forgot what we were talking oh Jessica Jones yeah so yeah. Um, it, uh, th their take on, on a villain like you know they always try to have like the guy terrorizing the city or 
um, you know, take, try and take over the world. I mean, with the TV shows, not so much. You know, it's not as, as big as like your your Avengers and stuff like that with world domination. They're a lot smaller, a lot more focused. They are, yeah. They're, they're, they're making trouble in the local area. And to be fair, um, this guy does. Um, but he, the beauty of this guy, he has no interest in, in power or domination or anything like that other than um, having a certain amount of control over Jessica Jones personally, which I thought was a really cool element because he's purely focused on her. He, yes, he's causing trouble around the city and doing things, but that's just his nature. Um, it's not so much um, a, an evil plan. He's just doing what he, what he does typically because of how he's, having his power has shaped him as a human being, um, which I, I really liked. Um, it's David Tennant who plays him. Um, and he does a great job of being just your, your guy next door, average Joe, total, he's a total dirtbag jerk. But you can, it, they also establish that it comes from a place where you can almost understand it because of the way that he was raised and, and the way that his power um, just naturally corrupts because essentially his, his, his power is, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Like control. Like he will just ask somebody to do something and they'll do it. Um, like almost, almost like hypnosis, you know, but it just, it just happens from him speaking. Um, and so he'll be like, Hey, go stand in front of that bus and someone will just walk down the street and get hit by a bus. And after many years of that being like, even through your formative years, having that level of control, then people's free will would stop mattering to you because it doesn't exist to you, you know? Um, and that, that sort of becomes the, the crux of the plot line with, um, with Jessica Jones is that he becomes aware that she's the first ever person who his power not doesn't work on, but there's an element of her ability to say no. Um, and so he, here's a guy who's his whole life. He's gotten everything he ever wanted just by asking, um, because he knows it'll get given to him. Suddenly there's someone who can say no to him. So he obsesses over that. And he's like, I want to feel love. I want her to love me of her own accord. So he, he, he won't use his powers on her, even though they sort of work sort of and sort of don't, he can still control her. And, and he's, he's made the choice of going, okay, I've finally got somebody who can, I can convince to truly love me as a person. Um, even though she hates his guts, um, without me just going, Hey, you love me, you know, and they do. It's, it's, it's just a really interesting dynamic. Um, and it's very small in its scope. Um, which is, I think, something that's a little bit different in this genre, you know? Um, and yeah, so I, I, it's definitely worth a watch, man. Definitely, everybody plays the shit out of their roles. Um, and, you know, there's some Luke Cage action in there, which sort of ties into the new series that's out now and stuff like that. So it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been on the list for a while. I just haven't mm. really gotten around it. I'm horrible with TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a lot of time. It is, yeah. That's right. But... um. It's, you know, but that's the beauty of like, you know, if you get something like Netflix, you can, you can literally just binge watch that entire thing over a weekend, you know, um, or, you know, if you could get it through other nefarious means on the internet, however you want to do it. Um, well, I mean, I have today and tomorrow off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jessica Jones time. Um, yeah. So what else is new? What else has come out lately? I feel like there's some other stuff to talk about. Um, I actually want to hit on a point that, well, you, the way you were talking about going back to Jessica Jones, or I think you were like making that first attempt to watch it, and you were like, mm. you know, oh, 
you know, this this show ties into this show, and mm-hmm. you know, we might as well watch it. Blah blah blah. It's it's kind of gotten to that point with like Marvel in general. Mm-hmm. Well, like even just like superhero movies, it's it almost feels like we're being forced to watch these. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because like you know, if we miss out on one, then we don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even though, even though that's not even the case, like you could not watch any of the Iron Man movies and still be completely in the loop with what's going on in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. But you'd, I mean, you'd just be like, "Who's this fucking asshole?" I, I don't know that there's that much of a difference between that. And say back before things like Netflix, every everyone's TV watching habits were very focused on a very fine line of what was popular. And if you if you weren't up to date with Sons of Anarchy and you weren't up to date with Breaking Bad and, and all of these other shows back before there was we were spoiled for choice, um, you 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 felt like you were you were missing out. You know what I mean? You couldn't be the guy oh, yeah. who who didn't watch that. And I think it's it's sort of the same, but you know, rather than it being just your friends and, and family who are on your case about it, it's 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 the studios themselves. Yeah. yeah. Make make, <laughs> make sure you watch Jessica Jones so you won't get Luke Cage and then you won't get the, the what are they called? The defenders, you know, yeah. and, all, and all this stuff. So you really have to plan your your T V watching habits like um like three seasons in advance because you're like yeah. well hmm. you know i mean back back when like arrow started it's like well i really want to get into legends of tomorrow but before i do that i, I guess i'm gonna to have to watch flash and uh you know arrow and you know all the other shit it's <laughs> you're sort of like you're getting almost punished by the studio if you come across a season of stuff you don't like which is what happened with me with supergirl initially because we, we, we were working our way through all those shows and supergirl came out and i'm like okay supergirl's pretty cool um and uh, I started watching it, and the first, like, honestly, man, the first four or five episodes of that show is a serious punishment. You know, it it, it just didn't seem to land to me at all, especially coming off just watching The Flash, which has, as you know, like a ton of heart. Um, you know, it's I mean, it's it's still cheesy sci-fi television, um, yeah. but it it's does CW television. It does, but but it is, but it it, it captures you wholeheartedly by by the end of the season, you're, you're well engaged in these people's lives because it has so much heart. And then I'm watching um, the first few episodes of Supergirl going, oh no, this is not created for my demographic. This isn't me at all. And I, I honestly remember sitting there thinking, how am I going to make it through this whole season? Because I felt like I had to. Um, but then it's like somebody pulled aside the showrunners or something said look you, you're fucking driving this into the dirt fix it you know we got too much writing on this um, or, or maybe it was because it was on a different network or whatever but for whatever reason it just man um, but then it, the show just does a 180 and it becomes very Flash-esque you know what I mean it has it starts to develop that heart she gets to take on some good villains um, they stop focusing on um, on her role as a female version of Superman and start focusing on her as a superhero. And I think that's what the show really needed. You know, it was getting a bit whiny at the start. Um, it was almost, it almost to me felt a little defensive because of, I think everybody's notion that, oh man, this is just going to be, it's a superhero show for chicks. Got a chicken. I'm not watching that. You know, Supergirl isn't as cool as Superman. So why would I watch it? Um, but as soon as they stopped focusing on that element and just started making it a, her a great hero, it didn't matter anymore and it just became a brilliant show you know um i think they might have just been creating the show out of a little bit of fear that uh, fear of failure maybe you know um because like the 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 nerd community you know they they they, i guess they figured that already established the fact they weren't going to like it um 
and uh, it wasn't the case at all. Like it's it's done really well, and and a lot of people yeah. who've, who've watched it, I know, have sort of said the same thing. You know, um, yeah. So you you haven't seen that one yet either. I I'm actually about four episodes in, and I sort yeah. of just stopped. And yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you know, and you've told me like after episode four or so, it like doesn't weigh any. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So de- definitely, to... definitely get back into it, man. Like, I mean, it is what it is. None of, none of those shows are really to be taken too seriously. Um, but that's their that's their role in the universe, you know. Like the the Flash you see, like the Grant Gustin Flash, is never going to be as um, as I guess taken as seriously as the the one in the in the Justice League movie, you know. Um, just by the nature of the way that they create that content, they they want that to be dark and mysterious. And he's going to be maybe the comic relief, which is sort of Flash. It's a pretty good role for Flash to to be that guy, but. Um, at the same time, it's going to be a much darker theme than the the by comparison the small world problems that Grant Gustin's Flash has to come up against. You know, a lot of his problems are very personal as well, um, with Zoom and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, yeah. So I, I'm really curious to see this new new movie for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Justice League and the Wonder Woman movie too. The trailer for that looks pretty sick. Oh yeah, that looks phenomenal. Mm. I'm, I think I'm more excited for that than I am for Justice League. Yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I'm. I love Wonder Woman though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Something I heard something the other day about Batman. Uh, Affleck's Batman cast somebody or something like that. I can't remember. Batfleck. Batfleck. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I sort of. The only news on that stuff I see is on Facebook because people like that stuff like they click the like button on articles of, on pages that they like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't like any of those pages because <laughs> I don't need to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get the information anyway I'm just like oh thanks you know you're doing you're doing my work for me yeah yeah it's, it's sort of like aggregating stuff that you were already probably looking into yeah, it, like it'll be like, oh, Corey liked this article, and it's like, oh, you know, freaking Deadpool two is cast blah 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 as Cable. I'm like, oh, sweet, you know. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's to me. That's Reddit. You know, I just check. I just check. It's to, to me Reddit's the newspaper. My my front page is tailored to just give me all of the the geek news basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that that that's basically where I where I sort of get all that stuff from. And I mean, very rarely do I hear something on Facebook that I didn't already know because I saw it on Reddit three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, Reddit can be a very powerful sort of resource if you don't read too far into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and, uh, I like, you know, you, you can often like there's diehard people on there who will do that sort of research and put it up there for everyone to see. Um, and uh, you know, so you don't have to, which is cool. And then you can just glean the headline and then have a really strong opinion about it and bitch about it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> ah, classic internet. Um, okay, so let me see what I'm going to do here. Um, how do you destroy a building? Would you like draw it complete and then just sort of take chunks out of it? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. I don't know how far behind the stream is, but um, I'm sort of taking panels out of these walls and and things like that. Um, and I'm gonna have to maybe maybe come up with a way of taking this 
like a chunk out of the corner or something. I might do it over here because I've got other panels to go in here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've got her sort of sitting on, I guess, what would, would have been some sort of interconnecting thing between the two buildings across the street. Um, and now I've just got to think logically about what that would actually be because it's a little bit sort of, it's a bit strange. Like, it's almost like a sky bridge, but I haven't drawn it big enough to be a sky bridge, you know? Um, so I might have to widen that out or something. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> could always, uh, you could always just, you know, start over again. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I'm sticking with this one for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> how, how many page ones have you done do you think i've done i think it's really it's really just been three i think um, three which is you know variations of yeah yeah all very different i think but but i mean the, the it's not so much that i've been drawing pages one over and over and over i've been trying to figure out the, yeah. the look i want i want to start out and it, for it to be consistent throughout the whole book and the way you develop a style is by repetitively working like keep doing work doing the artwork and um i mean i could have arbitrarily been drawing anything not necessarily page one the reason i was doing it is because i wanted to um if, if it came up with something good at least i've got it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, um Just but that's the thing like i realized the other day we're putting up all of this stuff streaming wise and um uh, you know, putting up a podcast, coming up with a logo for that and all this sort of stuff. And, and, and how I'm, ho how you host the podcast is you actually have to host it yourself, as you know. Um, and iTunes just basically aggregates that data from, um, from an RSS feed. So, it, um, Apple never has that podcast hosted on a server. They just tell your podcast browser, where the stream comes from you know so anyway i've put it up on on my personal art web page and then i sort of thought well hang on i've got my art web page up there but i haven't got anything about homoko king on there like marketing it from that perspective which as i start to get more panels and stuff done i'll put my artwork up and stuff up on the page but and then it occurred to me like when you go to my web page it immediately flashes up some artwork of like you know i mean i think uh, the orangutan painting i did and then you know batgirl and all those sort of cycle up through the um, the gallery and things like that um, but I don't have a picture of Nissa to put up there and I'm like typically when an artist embarks on a journey like this they'll spend a week or two just doing sketches of characters and coming up with a look for the book and all that sort of stuff and that's a whole step that I've, I seem to have missed I've never, I never got around to doing that and um, so I think that's what it is doing page one over and over and over is sort of developing that figuring out a look what tools to use what method to to render it um you know like originally i'm like well i want to use uh you know ink with uh you know a quill or whatever and it just doesn't suit my style so now i know that you know i'll be using um more marker based solutions you know and and again still probably using watercolor and all that sort of stuff but these are things that I know now. And the last thing I want to do is get halfway through the book and then realize I hated what I was doing and then tear it up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is the thing too. I'm going to have to spend some time and really nut out these characters and, and figure out a look for like, um, like, like not, a, not a look so much, but have a reference image of Nisa. Like I started doing a digital painting the other night 
um, that I think I showed you. That, yeah, that's you sent me a message. Like just, just the basis for her features at best so that at least when I'm drawing her in whatever angle, I can think back to that and think of the scale of her you know, facial dimensions and stuff. Yeah. Because you know, if she's not recognizable throughout the book, then she's not the main character, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and things like that. So, you know, and then obviously coming up with other things for people that uh, other characters and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things I've got to sort of get onto before I get too deeply into it. But at the same time, obviously, I want to make a start. So, mm-hmm. um, you should yeah. ask your new, uh, your new friend Sean Murphy for advice. Oh, yeah, me and Sean, we go way back now. Like to, to, to like two nights ago when we conversed on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> anybody who listened to podcast number one knows that I'm pretty heavily influenced by, uh, well, not, I wouldn't say I'm influenced by Sean Murphy because that's sort of- inspired. That's Yeah, that's dragging his work down to my level. <laughs> um, uh, he, he's, he's, he's a true master of the genre and uh, I love his backstory. I love how he sort of came about. Um, and all that sort of stuff and and I've, there's something that's been bugging me because like as we all know this is uh, this whole comic book thing is, is a new venture f- for me I mean I've drawn my whole life and I've always done artwork and and stuff like that um, but as you sort of start thinking about doing a comic book and stuff you look at a lot of comic books and you, you realize that there's a lot of things that you just don't know how to, how to do certain things how things are done even just simply like, I mean, I was agonizing for weeks over just what paper to use and stuff because it seems like all professional comic book artists tend to use the same resources, the same materials. Um, and that there's not a lot of information out there. Like you think that there'd be, you know, everyone would be endorsed by somebody and there'd be tutorials all over YouTube about how such and such, how Jim Lee does this and how, you know, this person does that. There really isn't. Like I would see um, Scotty Young doing a sketch or whatever on... Um, just his Instagram like a daily sketch and he'll you know how they always do the thing where they'll leave like there's the picture and then they'll just put some pencils next to it so you know that they drew it um, and there was markers and stuff or I'd see him do a little video where he was using this tiny little weird brush thing that I'd never seen before and, and then I'd see that somewhere else and I'd be like what is that where do I get it from and there's no way to just do, like I'd search and stuff and just come up with no answers like people just find their own materials and resources and i think i got too caught up in worrying what everyone else is doing as opposed to just doing what i've been doing for the last 30 years you know what i mean um and i that's what i decided i'm just going to do it my way and 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 worry about it all later and so anyway talking uh sean murphy he's he's black and white works like uh stuff um punk rock jesus and all that sort of stuff and and even in his modern stuff he does it a little bit now um but i think as using a colorist there's more options available but he'd often do his black and whites and if there was something dark in the picture he'd shade it with half tone effect so like newsprint you know the dots um and uh you know and and the way that he sort of did it it always felt very organic it didn't feel um like he just pulled it into a computer and recolored it. And so it's been bothering me. And I'm like, I remember hearing years ago or reading years ago in, in like some book, like, you know, how to draw anime or, uh, you know, one of those sort of books um, that there was these rub on sort of half toning effects where you'd get like a sheet of plastic with black dots on it and you could hold it down and scratch it off with your, like trace it onto the paper with your pencil. And I thought, well, maybe he's doing that because it's, it, like I said, it feels organic. Um, and so I thought, you know, there's only one way to find out. So I tweeted it expecting never to get a response. Um, <laughs> and literally like five minutes later, I look at my phone, I've got a notification. I'm like, well, that's weird. 
<laughs> I never get notifications on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, there's Sean Murphy telling me, oh yeah, dude, I use Photoshop. I'm like, okay, one, I'm a little bummed. <laughs> but two, holy shit. <laughs> um, holy shit is Sean Murphy. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that was, that just, that blew my mind. I was really stoked about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's my little brush with fame. <laughs> I tell you what, man, you should check out his, uh, his, I think his Instagram is like Sean underscore G underscore Murphy. Um, but he's currently doing Batman stuff and like the sketches and stuff he's got up for Batman look fucking amazing. Um, like just the pencils and stuff like that. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of Mr. Murphy, did you, you read Seven to Eternity, right? I did, yes, yes. Did it feel like it was a similar art style to Sean Murphy's? It, it is. Um, in that, well, I would say, in fact, <laughs> funny you should say that I have it right here. <laughs> I, I would say um, it's uh, it's a little bit more traditional comic than, than Sean Murphy does, but I noticed some similarities in the way that he frames things um, and all that sort of, that, like, like compositionally, I should say. Um, and... Uh, I guess maybe not not so much so much in the character design, um, and definitely the certainly the coloring's different um, than what oh, Sean Murphy. Much much more vibrant colors, much much more digital looking in in its mm. the way that it's colored. Um, but boy, this is uh, yeah, uh, Jerome Pena, great artist, and again, he's great at framing action. You know, um, one one frame I'll see if I can find it that I noticed particularly, which to me was. Uh, a standout, which I mean, maybe not not the most impressive drawing in history or anything, but I just what stood out to me. Uh, he's riding into town. Where is it? That's like this, near the end, isn't it? Yeah, this one here. He's riding into town, and this this dude's walking along beside him on his mount, and he's just giving him shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but just just the way that he did this, um, uh, he came up with this composition of this little frame down here where the camera's sort of panned up and over his shoulder looking down on this guy. Um, and again, thinking of, as I have, have been lately about perspective and, and um, vanishing points and stuff and the way that this guy, um, he's got the perspective just right on this guy's body, the way that, you know, that, that it seems, because you look at it every day, it seems like something like that would be very simple. Um, yeah. And getting the, the ratio and the relationship between these two guys in the frame as accurate as he had is way more complicated than it seems. And, and it's not, I don't think it's something that he sat and measured out. I think it's just his eye. He's just good with that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, you know, like what they call, um, uh, I can't think of the word now I'm blanking. Um, I can't think of it. It's the term for when foreshortening, when something comes close to the camera, it becomes a lot bigger. Um, there you go. Um, so you see, like my hand compared to my face is is way different in um, scale than it would be if my hand was back here, you know. And that's what's called foreshortening. My arm looks way shorter than it would be if it was stuck out sideways. Um, and so these are, these are the things. So like the foreshortening here would be his head is much larger in perspective um, than his he, the rest of his body, you know. Um, and it's just one of those things you get a knack for, I suppose. Um, or unless, you know, maybe he used reference. I don't know. That's a possibility as well. You could take, I mean, something like this, you could, a lot, you might like look at this and go, oh, hang on. There's a heap of shots in this that were in Conan the Barbarian or something he might've taken from reference. I don't know. I'm just 
spitballing, but um, you know, there could be you very well a frame in a movie of Arnold Schwarzenegger riding a horse with some little imp dude running along with him. I honestly don't know, yeah, but yeah. It, to me, the the perspective and everything, and this is just beautifully composed, you know. Um, and so that that even like some innocuous little frame like that that probably didn't mean anything to anyone else, it spoke volumes to me about Jerome's style, you know. And 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 this is the first time I've ever looked at any of his work so um you know i won't say i'm being judgmental because <laughs> this dude's ma- amazing but i definitely sort of take in a lot of ephemeral data i guess you know stuff that's probably not that important to the average reader um yeah you know everyone takes something their own thing out of out of things but again here you go like you go straight to the back of this issue one and the very first thing you see is sketches <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. this is the main character this is three different revisions of how he's going to look this is like this and this this is all of the stuff that i probably should work on in the background um and really get that down so at least i've got a something as a point of reference so when i'm drawing every time i draw a coat or a jacket or uh, you know even a hairstyle it, it comes from a point of reference instead of just making it up to suit the composition which is always the temptation you know but yeah that um the the whole book itself it gave me like a lot of I think I told you this week earlier this week it gave me a lot of Homoko King vibes like mm-hmm. I was like not so much in terms of the characters and the the what what would you call them just creatures and stuff that you see in the world but the yep. world itself like the world building yeah that's the kind of level I want to achieve because reading the book I was like it's interesting mm. it's got an interesting start and I want to know more about not so much the main dude and what he's going through but more about the world itself mm-hmm. and that last panel where you see the what's his name it's like the whisperer yeah yeah the, got, got a, a whisper or something sitting on the throne yeah like that I could picture the villain the Homoka King himself like I can picture a shot like that yeah framed like, up with that same how, style yeah 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 you know i I was kind of thinking along the same lines uh, as far as um like this is the 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 crazy thing about this book is it doesn't spend any time expositionally describing the world and how it works it just throws you straight into the middle of it with what seems like an established canon or an established um like uh like a providence like there's you know, no one's surprised that everyone's riding around in these weird elks, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, things like yeah. that. And they don't go, hey, we better explain that. Or, you know, the fact that they use these weird eel-looking things in conjunction with smaller eels around their head as a bow and arrow, you know, and there's, there's, a, there's a personal connection between the arrow and the, and the archer um, to make the kill. And I mean, that in itself is noble and it speaks volumes about the types of people that they are. They're almost like, it feels like a nomadic race of people who've developed their culture from centuries of living off the land and harmony in harmony with the, with the world around them. Um, but then the actual look and style of it is kind of like, um, not colonial America, but you know, like, um, uh, what would you call it? You know, when everyone sort of went out across the land, um, in the you know pioneers? the yeah pioneering sort of yeah that's exactly what it is you know like even just the style of clothing the 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 houses that they live in um you know 
they, the fact that they use firearms, but rarely because the, the resources are limited. Um, it just it just has this weird cross culture thing going on where it almost feels like elements of it seem Nordic. Like you'd expect a like a, a Viking warrior to be riding around on one of these, <laughs> you know, weird elk creature things. Um, almost like uh, the the new God of War game. You know what I mean? I would expect that. You know, in the trailer, they hunt something that looks very similar to this guy's mount. You know, um, yeah, I think I think Remenda actually mentioned that he said, you know, I wanted like they've been thinking about doing this for I think it was like ten years or something, mm-hmm. and um, they wanted to make a book, a world where that like they will discover new things about it along with the reader. Yes, cool. Like, I mean, obviously they need to establish rules and laws within the within the world but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's, they, it's not they, open season <laughs> yeah yeah um, but yeah they they want to do it like that they just want to see where this goes mm-hmm. so. um definitely got that vibe i was like like definitely from the first issue i was i was thinking to myself like they I feel like they wrote the first issue then they were like okay this is where the story <laughs> where, where do we go from here shit <laughs> it just got real um yeah no I, i'm with you there man like it, it it's uh it's definitely a, a, a world sort of to aspire to as far as creativity goes you know oh yeah um and and like the, that's part of the thing i mean we're, we're sort of going through the same thing where we're both going to be discovering things as i draw them and, and and i come up with questions that may not have occurred to you um in your you know like mind's eye as you were writing them like th- there might be logistical problems i have with drawing particular things um <laughs> as far like as motorbikes <laughs> yes so there'll be no motorbikes in Homoka king everybody um <laughs> uh, <laughs> no but like um you know, or not not so much logistical problems, but problems that I'll have with like things that we haven't thought of. Like I'll I'll be like, oh shit, um, I've really got to um, flesh this out somehow, and we haven't established what that looks like yet, or, or what that means. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing I've got to sort of look into and try and think ahead and come up with these solutions, or at least run run them by you and say, hey, would this work in with the rest of what you've got in your, in mind? Um, I mean, but I would say that this is probably the kind of thing that's typical of um, any sort of union people writing yeah. and and, yeah. and drawing. Um, man, this is tricky. Yeah, I mean, I, I am giving you a lot of freedom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. You, to do what you want. Um, mm. I'm not. I'm not like an early Kevin Smith. You know, stick to the script. <laughs> <laughs> Before he right. met, before he met Tracy Jordan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> holy shit! People can come up with their own stuff, and it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I think even you said to me very early on that you you will need a lot of guidance hmm. and a lot of sort of like you know this is what it looks like and this is what yeah. I'm picturing and blah blah blah. I mean, you've sort of come out of that a bit. I mean, this whole forced perspective thing is. 100% your idea yeah oh. well it's it's more just it's not that it's it's necessary like I mean I can show you uh, you know I'll just flip open any comic book ever and I can show you how they've used vanishing points in pretty much everything that they've drawn um, oh, yeah. and it's it's just not something that always comes first to my mind you know I'm, I'm always about sort of roughing out a basic thing and then filling in the details 
um, as quickly as possible to get the picture done. Um, and, you know, composition um, and all that. And actually, you know what? This is going to be a funny point of reference. But speaking of this, um, a lot of what made me think about this is uh, I hate Fairyland, Scotty Young. Um, because he's the master of it. Even though you throw away a, a lot of... Um, a lot of it because oh you know it's 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 cartoon you know what i mean um you don't you you tend to not notice the the amazing sort of dynamics within this and mostly because it's hyper active you know what i mean like the every yeah. motion is is really pushed to the limit um but framing composition like i i mean i keep referring back to like you know using film terminology but framing um the shots and stuff like that. Like, it's real easy. Like, I mean, have a look at any of these pages and... I love that. I love that, the the, the splash page of the little little dude eating the crap out of the thing. I, um, but see here, right, right here is a brilliant example of vanishing points. So if you look at it, let me just grab a couple of rulers here. You can follow the lines of these, like the outside of this crate, all the way back to a vanishing point, which would be over here, say, right? Let's just say, just a, you know, as a, as a basic instructional tutorial on, on vanishing points, say the vanishing point met up, say there somewhere, um, you can then follow that line to any of these other vertices in any of these boxes. So you can see like right there, you follow this along and it's the top of this box. It's also the bottom of this line here. Like, um, and then it goes back this way. This is what's called, um, uh, like, oh, I mean, it's basically dual vanishing points. So what that would look like, um, I have a piece of paper. Well, actually, here's here's one where I was playing with it earlier. Um, let me, oh, here's one I prepared earlier. Let me just cover the address on this, on this envelope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so you've got a picture here. Like that's that's what that you frame and you want to do, um, you know, like buildings or something like that. And you're like, okay, I need two vanishing points, one over here, one over here. And that's dictated by the horizon line, which is through there. So this this horizon line sort of dictates how your, your elevation as a viewer. So say, for example, you were going to be like um really low looking up um then your horizon line is going to be low hang on i'm trying to remember now so that would make say okay well let's let's do an experiment so say the horizon line is low in the picture right um there's your your two points um so all of your vertices are going to start originate from those points so say i'm drawing a like a building right and we're standing there looking at the corner of the building um you follow this line up here and this line to this vanishing point and there's your the top edges of your thing so as you can see we're a little person looking up you know and uh and all of your your uh, horizontal uh, sorry your vertical vertical lines are still going to be vertical um, I mean, there's, there's different, you can, you can often take, uh, two, um, two different vanishing points to do different things in the same picture, but this gives you an example. So say you're drawing a building. I'm a little guy looking at uh, the top, look uh, upwards towards the top of a building, right? So there it is. But if you're doing, um, say, oh, here's an experiment I did with this frame. See, I was, originally I had it slightly off, off center. It wasn't looking straight down. Um, but it became really weird getting these 
other buildings to to play nice with the vanishing point. Um, this was a singular vanishing point right in the middle. Same as what I'm doing with this picture. Um, so say again, I'll draw, here's a picture. And let's say we want the horizon line way up high, right? So that means you're looking downwards. Here's your vanishing point there and here. And you want to draw like a building. Um, it's going to be like this. And so now, and again, we'll follow that line down there. This line here. Um, and then like the back wall of the building is still going to follow through to that vanishing point. And this one's going to follow through to this vanishing point. And see, now we're looking down on a building. And all of this looks really, really simple in theory. But when you're putting together a piece like this, where literally every single item in this picture um, is like affected by those vanishing points, you, you need to sort of take that into account. And the beauty of it is how loose it is. So... You know, like my first instinct would be grab a ruler and draw all the vanishing points in. And maybe he did that. And then he went over it in ink and did it sort of loose and freehand. Or maybe he just visualized it in his head and went, okay, let's draw these ones this way and this one this way. And just ended up with this result. But it seems like an awful lot of work and very complex because he's got little elements of it all over the place that all need to be in relationship with one another. So this crate here has to exist in the same world as this crate over here. And you can see that their vanishing points are finishing in the same point. You know, yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if he freehanded this anyway, just simply because the vanishing points on this panel are going to be so far off to the side. Um, it'd be hard to keep track of, you know, with say a ruler. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like you know, um, I saw a trick somebody did the other day online where he had like the panel he was working on, and he had a piece of, I guess, elastic nailed down to make a straight line in the horizon line. And then he had like a, like a paper clip or something hooked on it. So he could pull the line up and just use that as a ruler. So if you want a line here, you pull it up to that angle and it'll always be going back to the vanishing point. And then if you want a lower line, just bring it down a little bit. There it is there, you know, and then you pull it down here and you've got these lines going upwards. It was freaking genius. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody used something like that. Um, if they were doing a piece like this, but, um, yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, that's how vanishing points work on a very, very basic understanding, <laughs> which, which is which is what I have. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm still working on messing up this building. Um, it's very important that this is a, a good panel. We we did get sidetracked for a bit, so yeah, yeah. Well, that's the point. I mean, what else, <laughs> what are we going to talk about for an hour if not this? <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, I might put that back up there. So that's less complicated. Um, well, okay, so let's say... Funny thing is I've been so fixated on, on making a big splash image for the very first panel. And then when you look at Seven to Eternity, that's the first frame. <laughs> it's this tiny little strip at the top of the page with uh, like a hand or two hands and a blade, I guess, you know? And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you make your statement, I'll make mine. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there we go. We'll do different strokes. Yeah, exactly. And different pen strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, um, did you end up reading Tokyo Ghost? the last one yeah yeah and i cried a little in my heart 
um, <laughs> for, for for many reasons. Um, you know what? I th- you know what? I think I might have been so upset by it, I've blocked it out though. What <laughs> what happens at the end? Spoilers, everybody. What happens at the end again? So she's she's left with this paradox where it's like you can you can have led back. Um, you have to say I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Say I'm right, and and I'll I'll put you into this world. Basically, I'll I'll pull you into the matrix, and you can have everything you ever wanted back again. No harm, no foul. And and this is Earth this died. is sorry. Everyone on Earth dies. Yeah, but do they though? Like their consciousness exists. For, like this is yeah. the thing. Like you, he, from his perspective, he's actually not a villain. He's a douchebag. There's no denying that. Um, we're talking about yeah, uh, there's, what is there's it, Davey? That one- is that one? Yeah, Davy uh, Havoc. Oh God, what is his last name? Yeah, Dave, Davy Havoc. Oh wait, no, that's the singer from some band, Davy. Oh. Something other. Oh my God, you're killing me, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, he's, uh, you know, he's trying to do the right thing, and he's aligned himself with some other colossal douchebags to sort of gain a little bit of power. But uh, and and there's no denying that he's a villain. Um, but really, what he's offering isn't such a a, a bad alternative when you weigh it against the world as it stands at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody's addicted to tech. You know, everybody is, I mean, it's no, to, to be fair, for, for most of the people that this decision affects, it's not going to change much. They're, yeah, I was going to say, everyone's plugged in anyway. They're already trapped in a virtual world, yeah. So, um, like, what what are they really losing, you know? And, and, I mean, it could be, you could argue that Deb's position on it is actually very selfish. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I think she even says it herself. Like she's mm. she's just very selfish. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, it's 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 easy to see her as the hero because that's that's the role she's sort of cast in. But yeah. um, really, it's man, it's kind of tricky to sort of justify her position on it. <laughs> um, other yeah. than the fact that it's the, it's the most Puritan one, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she um she says no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And this, yeah, making uh, making the decision for everybody, um, but you know, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, I guess, I guess the spin on it is that you know, nature finds a way, um, and you know, like eventually, the the nature will reclaim everything anyway, and you know, the world will move on, <clears throat> I guess. Um, well, even then, it probably wouldn't have if Deb didn't make that decision. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, buddy, Davy. <laughs> yeah, but um, what a book, though, man. Like, you know what? It's one of those things that I'd 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 honestly be considering, even though I own all the issues, I'll probably buy the trade as well, just to have it in book format. To if I ever yeah. read it yeah. again, it's it it just like it's all there. It's a it's a book. You know what I mean? Because it really is. It's a singular story that um you know, takes place across, what is it, eight, eight, nine issues or whatever it is. I'm probably miscalculating. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of like the last, I think it was like the last page. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the kid goes off on his own, like, you know, the, the group of friends is like, hey, you know, we're all going to go play bloody cops and robbers or whatever the fuck they were going to do. And yeah. the other kid's like, oh, no, I'm going to, I've got other stuff to do, blah, blah, blah. And he fucks off opens up this bag and pulls out a Game Boy oh, and dates yeah. on it. I was like, ah, oh, that was a bit, that yeah. was a bit cheesy. It's, it's a little Hollywood. It's like, 
yeah. Se- sequel, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that they'll be highbrow enough not to sort of go into that territory. Maybe who knows? Having said that, God, if if they can put that team together again to do it something else or to do that, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. read it. You know, I'm not gonna. If they can pull it off, but yeah. like the the ending seemed pretty final, apart from that mm. little. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a nod to one of those old creature feature things where the you know yeah, the, yeah. the kid's got the gremlin in the bag or some shit, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> it's an interesting spin. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. The Game Boy, oh Jesus, you know. But it, it kind of makes sense because Davey had all that old school tech. Yeah, you know, he had the the what was it, the power glove and the joystick, the Atari joystick, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, maybe. You know, um, I'm just trying to think. What else are you reading at the moment? Um, a lot of the DC sort of standard stuff. Yeah, um, I haven't I haven't picked up anything like a month. Mm. Broke a shit, but um, <laughs> I, I actually did go in last week, the week before, just to get like some of the independent stuff that I'm reading. Yeah, uh, and some of the Vertigo stuff. Um, like you, I'm also reading I Hate Fairyland. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else am I reading? It just, Horizon, I've started reading. Horizon? Yeah, it's about these uh, aliens come to Earth mm. um, to stop Earth from invading their planet. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a reverse sort of War of the Worlds kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Proactive but, aliens. The art isn't the greatest in the world, but mm. the story's interesting. Like the a lot of the art falls very flat. Okay, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's that's a stylistic choice as well, you know. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, um, I'm not his greatest fan, but I don't mind. Yeah, so but the the writing's good. The writing's pretty good so far. Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't blown me away or anything. Yeah, but um, I'm definitely interested. Okay. Uh, other than that, it's um, yeah, a lot of the DC crap, and mm-hmm. I've been reading this other book called Cleaning Room. It's a it's a Vertigo book. Okay, it's uh, it's Cleaning pretty room. fucked up. Uh, what's it about? I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> okay. Um, think if someone investigated Scientology and found out that aliens really existed, and Scientology is trying to stop them from killing everyone. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, there, there is this, like, I don't even know if you call it a religious group, but, like, it's like a big just institution in this in cleaning room mm-hmm. that it just screams Scientology. Yeah. Um, you know, people join, they, they have levels of, like, access and all this other stuff, and the, the leader's very... Uh, how do I say it? She's very. She has a presence about her. Like mm-hmm. she's in the room. You, she's the only person you're looking at. Yeah, fair thing. enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and like she has this room called the clean room, where she takes people in and she can. So fucking hard to explain. Oh my god! <laughs> she she can essentially just fuck with them, mm-hmm. um, and 
she can break someone down into nothing and rebuild them the way she wants. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, she. As a, as a young child, she got run over by a car. I think was it no. Someone was someone she knew was driving it. No, no, it was just like a, a truck driver or something. Mm-hmm. And it, and it gave her the the ability to see these aliens, like they're already on Earth and um, preparing to invade, but no one can see them except for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, this other woman, this reporter, whose husband killed herself because of he was part of that group, the institution. Yep. She starts investigating. She finds all this stuff out and wants to put a stop to everything and it's it's very twisted mm-hmm. um it's it's a little more complex than what i'm used to reading from a comic book okay but uh it's definitely interesting definitely all right well it's definitely uh, one to put on this um okay uh, that we might call it a day man um thanks for watching everybody and listening um we'll see you next one cool yes. thanks man Alrighty. righty bye yeah